Welcome to the podcast of Revival Life Church, a spirit-filled multicultural church in Boca Raton, Florida. If you would like more information about Revival Life Church or Pastor Carl Thomas, you can find us on the web at revivallife.church. Hallelujah. If you got a Bible, you can go ahead and turn to Romans chapter 9. Good job. Give it up for Stanley. Come on. No chains are holding me. I should sing that. I'm down with that one. How about you? Down with that one. Free indeed. Hallelujah. You need to sing it to some people around you trying to run your life. Amen. 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 Welcome to Revival Life Church. Thank you for joining us here on this Memorial Day weekend. It is a day of celebration because the unranked Florida Gators beat the number seven Utah Utes. We don't even know what a Ute is, so they deserve to be beaten. And so it is a day of joy. I have on my Gator socks in a celebration, of course, because the Bible says meditate on good things things. And the Gators winning is a good thing. I used to get calls. Come on. Hey, yeah, yeah, I don't care if you like it or not. Unfortunately, FAU lost. Uh, and so we are praying for new coaching staff. Um, <laughs> hallelujah. I used to get calls. If you graduate from college, you know, you get calls from the Alumni Association asking you to donate. I'm like, uh, I'm still paying student loans. Take some of that money. You know, I'll pay enough already. And uh, now I just don't take the calls. Hallelujah. All right. So we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna look at uh, Romans chapter 9 in a second. And uh, uh, I, uh, <laughs> I don't know about you. Uh, I grew up broke, right? In, in Boca, it's easy to find people who didn't grow up broke. And uh, they're living a different life maybe than you are. Anybody know what I'm talking about? People who didn't grow up broke have a different kind of a, a, a mind frame uh, than people who grew up broke. And what, what I have discovered in my journey with Jesus, in my journey in mental health, my journey in trying to help people is that uh, we don't want to dig around in our past and look for what's wrong, but the Lord also wants to heal what happened in our past because it affects who we are. Uh, We often uh, underestimate how much our childhood helped form us, both good and bad. And the Lord actually wants to heal your childhood, at least heal the trauma that you've dragged from your childhood into your modern life. We rarely realize how much those things still form us today. There's things that we believed when we were young that we still believe even though it is not true. Uh, If you would like to do a little study, do a study of children who grew up during the Great Depression. They live the rest of their lives living in poverty, even though they're no longer in poverty, because it was ingrained in their mind that in any moment, the entire economic system could collapse. Now, I grew up poor, and so my natural default uh, when I don't live in my renewed mind is that I will be broke and will not have enough. I have to allow the Word of God to renew my mind to show me that I am not what my childhood world taught me I was. And I identified with broke people. And when you identify with broke people, you can do one of two things. You can either have empathy and help 
those who are stuck where you once were, bring them up. Or you can continue to live in ways as if you didn't have resources, even though you do, right? And so the Lord wants us to live from a land of prosperity, helping those who are not yet in the land of prosperity. This, this, this is what God <clears throat> wants for our lives. And um, uh, uh, the same thing in the natural is true of the spirit realm. Once you were not children of God, but now you are a child of God once you receive Christ as your Savior. Now, unfortunately, many people uh, want to teach you that even though you are a child of God, they want you to behave like you're still not a child of God, trying to earn your way into the family. You see, once you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're no longer an orphan. You're no longer separated from God. You're actually in the family of God, and you have the resources of heaven in your life, both spiritually and naturally. And we have to renew our minds so we can live in that land of spiritual prosperity. Uh, let me put it another way. Uh, when you get saved, all of a sudden your sins are washed away. You've been made clean and no longer is sin separating you from God. But there is a works-based salvation that people want to teach you that once you come into the kingdom of God, the whole goal of your salvation is to try to not get stolen by the devil. And so you constantly have to be on the lookout for sin, be focused on sin, be fighting sin, and sin becomes the center of your world now that you're saved instead of God becoming the center of your world. It makes you feel good about yourself because you're sinning less, but it doesn't get you any closer to God. Anybody know what I'm talking about here? And when we don't recognize that theology, that, that, that conviction, before you got saved, the Holy Ghost was trying to tell you, you know you ain't living right. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You know you're not living right. You know you need some Jesus. You know you need Jesus. You know that what you're doing is separating you from God. You know that you need to quit this. And we live with this conviction of the Holy Spirit. And then we get saved. And we don't recognize, okay, now things are different. I continue to want to live a holy life. But not because I need Jesus, but because I have Jesus. Jesus is with me, my future is decided, and now I live my life with different motivations than I lived my life before I had Jesus. Is this making sense? And so as we read the scriptures, uh, we need to recognize, as we read the scriptures as Christians, we have to read the scriptures through the lens of Jesus revealing the nature of God. Jesus is just like God. Jesus has always been like God. And we who are in Christ have to read the Bible through the lens of who Jesus Christ has revealed God to be. Are you understanding what I'm saying here? This might sound deep and theological, but it actually makes a lot of sense. I meet too many Christians who encounter the love of God but are unable to put that on who God is. And instead think that may have been a moment where God was in a good mood or just an experience they had with one part of the triune God instead of recognizing who I thought God was was wrong. God is actually love. Okay, we're going to get in the Bible and you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna, you're gonna get this. Early in my salvation, 
I was terrified of falling back into who I was. I lived a life that I knew was wicked. I knew I was oppressed. I knew the devil had run in my life. I knew that he had an authority in my life that I did not like. I don't know about you, but I don't like being controlled. I don't like being lied to, and I don't like being manipulated. Anybody else in here? I do not like being used. Now, I need some people in the back to help me preach here a little bit. I can't, I can't preach on my own. By the way, Miss Cynthia's in the room. I love me some, Miss Cynthia. Thank you for joining us today. She's visiting family, but she, longtime friend of the house, just wanted to say hello. I meant to say that earlier. God bless you. So glad you're here. But, <clears throat> excuse me, but I have this thing where I don't like people trying to use me for nefarious things. I, I, I don't like trying to get over, people getting over on me. That's a good part of the reason why I fix most of the things in my house, because people give me an estimate. I'm like, it can't possibly cost that much. I'll do it myself, Right? <laughs> It can't be that hard. I'll do it myself, right? And my wife has to come in and be like, just pay the man to do it, right? And I'm like, come on, honey. Like, I, I, like they want to charge me $400 for breaks. The parts are $38. I want to I pay, I want to help you pay the mortgage, but I don't want to pay the whole mortgage, right? Like, this, I, like I do it myself. So, I, so, so that's, that's part of who I am. And so the enemy I did not recognize was using me for his benefit before I got saved. And when I finally found out, it's like when you have a partner and you find out they're cheating on you. And you're like, oh, that ain't never going to happen again. I will do whatever it takes to never allow that to happen. Anybody know what I'm talking about? To never let that happen again. I will set up whole structures to not let that happen again. And when I found out that the devil had been using me when I got saved and the clouds opened and I understood what was happening with my life, I had determined that that was not going to happen again. Josh, I think we need to switch the lights or whoever's on the lights, just a little aside there, act like that didn't happen. And so, and so I got saved and I lived my life to make sure that the devil was not going to use me anymore. And it took me a good bit of time to realize that the point of Christianity is not trying to keep the devil from doing what he wants to do, but following and obeying God in being who I'm called to be. If I'm being who I'm called to be, I don't have to worry about what the devil's doing because he'll have no power in my life. Amen? With that, I want to I I turn to Romans chapter 9, verse 22. We are in our encounter message series. And we are in the fourth week. If you've got that graphic, if you could throw it up, I would appreciate it there, Bella. In our encounter message series, first week we talked about the salvation encounter with Jesus, where the Holy Ghost draws us, reveals Christ, we receive Him, and we become a new creation in Jesus Christ. Second week, we talked about how once the Holy Ghost gets on the inside of us, it's time to rearrange the furniture, if you remember that, to kind of set things to work better, get the bad out, the good in, heal what's going on internally, get our worldview corrected. This is that time of spiritual formation where we understand what it means to be a Christian. In the last week, we talked about the empowering encounter with Christ. This is when Jesus Christ by His Spirit comes upon you. When the Holy Ghost lands on you like happened in Jesus when He was water baptized and the anointing 
came upon him to be who he was called to be. It's what happened on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Ghost landed on those believers who were in Jerusalem. It's, happened, it's what happened in Cornelius' household when Peter preached the gospel of Jesus Christ and the Spirit descended and they got baptized in the Spirit and began functioning in spiritual gifts. This is the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And today we're going to talk about the commissioning encounter. What do we do with that anointing? In order for me to really teach this well, I need to give you a little bit of Bible foundation so we can have a grid to work with. Are we good with that? So if uh, you got your Bible, go ahead and turn nine, uh, Romans 9.22. Get out your pen. I got, a, I, got some, I, got some, I got some stuff I'm going to drop on you today. We're going to get a little deep in the word here, but we're going somewhere. Romans 9.22 says, what if God Although willing to demonstrate his wrath. Oh, I'm I'm, I'm thinking here. Though willing to demonstrate his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction. And he did so to make known the riches of his glory upon vessels of mercy, which he prepared beforehand for glory. Even us, whom he also called, not from only Jews only, but also from among Gentiles. Can you say amen to the reading of the word? Now, we are going to tear that apart. We're going to get it in our spirit, and it's going to change how you look at these scriptures. Can you say amen? Amen. Amen. Bella, I got a note for you. I need you to put something in the slides that's not there at the moment, all right? Y'all just act like this is just my living room, and we're talking, all right? So now in Romans 9, 22, 30 to 23, later on that script, I need you to put that wording in where it says, okay? Maybe Josh can help you out, uh, but I need that in there, all right? Are you good? Are you guys okay? We're still here together? Yeah. All right. So now, now as, 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 as people teach the Bible, it's super important to understand we all come to the Bible with a lens that was given to us by somebody else. By and large, unless you have done the theological work to understand the context and the language of the scriptures, you generally use the lens that was given to you by your first pastor. Whatever your first pastor told you the Bible means and how you look at it, that's how you still look at it. Because that lens has worked thus far, and so you still use it. But at some point in your walk, your, either your pastor says something, or the Holy Ghost says something, or you read the Bible and you say, well, wait a minute, that doesn't actually make sense. i got to figure out what's going on in the Bible here so I can really understand it. If you've ever talked to someone who grew up in a cult, you have experienced this. And they, they begin telling you about Jesus in a way, and you're like, you know that don't make no kind of sense, right? You understand that that does not make any sense because they were trained to look at the words through a certain spirit that was not holy. And so the, the word gets twisted in their mind. Well, this little passage of scripture right here has had some very, very terrible exegesis happen about it, meaning that people have interpreted these two scriptures in a way that is very very, very bad. Now, from this passage of Scripture, some people believe that it is proven that some people were created to be vessels of glory 
in other people were created to be vessels of wrath to go to hell forever. They've taken this passage of Scripture and said that God has chosen some people to be saved and chosen other people to go to hell. That's called predestination. It's a Calvinistic Reformed theology. It is kind of the basis of Reformed theology, and it is demonstrably wrong. And if you grew up under that, I apologize. We're going to fix that today, okay? Now, Jesus said, <laughs> Jesus said about the kind of people who said this. He's like, you do not understand the power of God nor the scriptures. Because when you know Jesus, if you've met Jesus, if you've had a relationship with Jesus, if you've spent time in the presence of God, it is impossible to meet him and think, oh yeah, he probably wants some people to go to hell. Amen? Come on, I need you to talk back to me. If you've met Jesus, it is impossible to come to the conclusion, oh yeah, he seems like somebody who wants people to go to hell. That's not my Jesus, amen? That's not the Holy Ghost I met. I'm not saying I won't follow a God who does that because he is fully capable. It's well within his right to do that. So I'm not saying I've invented a God in my image. What I'm saying is I met him and that don't seem like him. You see the difference, right? And, and so, and so, and so we got we to gotta look at scriptures and say, you know, th this is why it's important to have some sort of theological education. It's important that, that we understand and are rightly able to divide the word of truth. That's why at Revival Life Church, all our ministry team directors, we, 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 we give them a little bit of money to take some classes to rightly understand how to read the Bible. So as they're teaching their, their, the people serving in their ministry areas, we're not just making stuff up. We're not grabbing stuff off of Christian television or Christian radio and saying this is probably good enough. Like it might be, but let's figure out why. Amen? Like, theology matters. I'm going to keep preaching whether you preach back or not. And the more you preach back, the, 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 the quicker I get through this stuff, okay? Amen? Amen. 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 And so, 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 so this, is, this is partially why we're going to be doing Wednesday night Bible studies, advanced spiritual discipleship. We're going to get deep in the Word. We're going to get deep in how to apply the Word. This is, this is, this is the goal of it. Now, as we read this scripture, if we're going to understand what these verses mean, we've got to understand who he was talking to. Now, we know that Paul wrote the book of Romans. We know he wrote it to the people in Rome, the Christians in Rome. And at, and at the time of Jesus, Rome, Rome had almost as many Jews as Jerusalem did. There was a huge Jewish population in Rome, they, 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 and, and um, not quite as many, but almost as many as they had in Rome. And within 10 years of the death of Jesus, um, there was a massive Jewish Christian church that was established in Rome. It was huge, and it was growing, and it was powerful. But the Emperor Claudius, he expelled all the Jews in AD 49. So we know about 15 years after the death of Jesus, uh, the Emperor Claudius kicked the Jews, both Christian and still practicing Jews, out of Rome. And, um, and so when Claudius died in the year 54, which was five years later, the Jews moved back to Rome. The difference was uh, when they went back to church, the church was no longer run by Jewish Christians, but by Gentile Christians. And so the church looked very different from when people who did not grow up Jewish were running it uh, 
from people who grew up Jewish running it. Does this make sense to you? It was a whole different scene. And so the Jewish Christians moved back into Rome, and there were all kind of conflicts over what do we do now? Like, who's supposed to be running the church? What is good theology? What are we, how, how are we divide the scriptures? Who is Jesus? How do we live now that we are saved? And in part, uh, Paul wrote this book of Romans to the Christians in Rome to address these issues about Judaism and its, and its, and its effect and its influence in Christianity. Are you following me so far? That, that, does that make sense to you? That's the backdrop of the book of Romans. And if you don't know that, then you'll think that Paul is just writing a book to whoever might read it, whoever might have a background of whatever background, and it just applies to, you know, America in the year 2022, 32, 52. But it actually has a context. And we have to understand that context so we can rightly divide the word of truth and apply it to today. Are you okay? Does that make sense? So, 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 so Paul, Paul's trying to lay out, he's got these two audiences. He's got these Jewish Christians who were in charge and they believe this is our covenant that was passed down from Moses that comes to the Messiah. Uh, he's trying to address them about the grace of God at the same time addressing these Gentiles who some were worshiping Yahweh before Jesus, but many were not. And he's trying to explain to both of these two groups what the grace of God is and what they can expect the grace of God to do in their lives and through their lives. Now, he's honoring this Jewish history with God, but he's also celebrating the grace of God that's been revealed in these Gentiles. Now, he does it by using a series of metaphors in this book. And one of them that we read here in Romans chapter 9, he's using this metaphor of pottery. Now, this is an Old Testament uh, that allusion uh, 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 that Isaiah used a fair amount. But he's using this pottery illustration to show how God is the great potter. And we are the clay that he forms into the pottery that he wants to produce. And, and in this uh, Paul is trying to show, listen, they're, 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 you know, I know you feel like you're in control of stuff and your opinion matters, but God is God and you aren't, right? God is God and he is forming you into something for a specific purpose. Now, pot, pots are made by potters, but these pots can also be called vessels. Vessels are created to carry something. And, they are, and their design is determined by what they are made to carry, right? Are you with me? Pots are made by potters. Pots can also be called vessels. Vessels are created to carry something, and their design is determined by what they are called to carry. That's why a Coke bottle looks different than a water jug, which looks different than a pot that you put on the stove. They are Created to carry something different. Now we, in the illusion according to Paul, are, are vessels. And so that has to carry the question, what are these vessels that are humans designed to carry? Are you following me so far? Now let's look at this in verse 22 and 23. And here's where this confusion comes from. In verse 22, he says, 
What if God, although willing to demonstrate his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much patience vessels of wrath, watch this, prepared for destruction? Prepared. You got that? Next verse, 23. And he did so to make known his glory upon vessels of mercy, which he prepared before him for glory. Now you can see two things being prepared here. One prepared for wrath, one prepared for glory. And if you only read it in the English, you say, well, God has prepared some people for wrath. He's prepared some people for glory. Some people are prepared to go to, are created to go to heaven. Others are created to go to hell. And if you read it that way, you would show your ignorance of the scriptures, right? We're going we're gonna to dig in here and we're going to show what this really means. Look at, okay, so vessel, verse 22, put up my, uh, put up the next slide if you would, please. So, so, so we see verse 22, go forward a little bit. Should be next slide. Next slide, do we have it? Yes. Verse 22 says, vessels of wrath prepared for destruction. 23, vessels of mercy prepared for glory. Now, in verse 22, this word prepared is, prepared is in both scriptures. Prepared is a completely different Greek word in both verses. It's, it's not even a close Greek word. It's, 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 it's not even, they don't even have the same root. They are completely different words that were translated into prepared. Right? So we, we, we got to see this. Now, in, in verse 22, where he says prepared for destruction, it's artios, which is a passive verb. Stick with me here, right? It's a, it's a, it's a, passive, it's a passive verb. And, 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 and it means, instead of, it means like suitable or, or, or I don't know. It's like, it's like, say you had a washing machine and your clothes washer died. It was broken and you bought a new one, and you put it out on the curb, and you'd say, my washing machine's now prepared to go to the dump. What has happened to it is now leading for it to go into the dumpster, right? So it has been prepared for destruction. Now, that, 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 that's those who are without Jesus. Those without Jesus are not preparing themselves for glory, but because of what's happening to them, they are now suitable for destruction. They are suitable to be separated from God. This is what Paul talks about later in Philippians chapter 3, verse 18. He says, For many walk of whom I often told you, and now tell you even weeping, that they are enemies of the cross, whose end is destruction, whose God is their appetite, and whose glory is their shame, who set their mind on the things of, on these things. Now, in this scripture, Paul is clearly saying, because of what these people worship, and because of what these people love, they are destined for bad times. You see that, right? That is not saying God has now created these people to do this. They're worshiping something else. They desire something else. So they are going to get something else. They are preparing themselves for destruction. Right? But when we look at verse 23, the word prepared, where they talk to themselves, vessels of mercy prepared for glory, we have a completely different Greek word. It's praetormeso. Praetormaso, right? Praetormaso. It's a completely different verb. And as a matter of fact, this is an active verb. A passive verb is like if you're being passive in life, things just happen to you. But when you're active in life, you're doing something. Are, are you following me here? Right? Okay, so this is an active verb, and it literally means, if you were to look up the word, and I hope that you do, it means prepared beforehand. 
Like it was set up for this. Like when you buy a new sports car and you're like, it is prepared to go fast. Like this is what it was created to be. And so, so, so we get from this the idea that before time began, God created you in his image as a vessel to carry his glory. Can you say amen? God created every living human being to be a vessel of his glory created in his image. There is an active verb there of God actively did something. And we mix that up. We mix who is in charge of what and who is going to do what. Do you have that that long passage there now that you just put in Bella? Please put it up for me. So this is the new Carl translation of those verses. Go ahead and put it up. Do you have it or do you, did you, no. All right, I will read it to you. Are you ready? What if God, although willing to flex his his wrath on these busted heathen, waited patiently for these vessels who were suitable to go to hell because they were filled with rebellion? What if God, let me say it again, what if God, although willing to flex his wrath on these busted heathen, waited patiently for these vessels who were suitable to go to hell because they, they were filled with rebellion. Verse 23, and he did it to flex the riches of his glory upon vessels of mercy, which he prepared them to show his glory. Literally, 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 he's saying like, they were filling themselves up. What, what if God decided? What if God decided, though they really are, though they are preparing themselves for hell, what if God decided to wait, wait on them, even though they're being rebellious and filling their vessel with, with, with hell-bound nonsense? What, what, so what if God decided to wait? And instead, he decided to show that he is mighty. The way he decided to show his power was not by condemning sinners bound for hell, but he flexed his his might and power by showing mercy on these people because they were really designed and created to go to heaven and, and hold the glory of God. That's what these two verses mean. And the Jews are like, why, why, what, look at these heathen, they don't deserve it. And he's like, well, what if, I know you think God can show his power by destroying people, but what if he decided to show his power by waiting, waiting on these rebellious folks so that they can show his glory? What if that's how our God decides to show himself powerful? Now, I don't know about your life, but that's how God decided to show himself powerful in my life. Like I was, I was destined and bound for a sinner's hell. I, I, I was going to crack hell wide open. I, 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 I deserved punishment, but God decided in his great mercy to say, you know what? Let me show y'all how powerful I am. Y'all think I'm limited. I can even save Carl Thomas. And people are like, nah, you can't save him. You ain't that big and strong. He's like, is my hand so, 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 so weak that it can't stretch out and even touch Carl Thomas and redeem his life? Come on, that's the God of my life. God, God received great glory by using this vessel of rebellion 
And God said, I know you think that's what you were created for, but I am going to fill you with grace and I am going to glorify myself by pouring grace into your cup. And it's like the water. If you pour water in oil, what happens is the oil floats to the top, you see. And sin floats to the top when grace is poured into the vessel. And if you get more grace in your vessel, the sin flows to the top. And the more you get filled, the more you begin to overflow. And the sin just kind of flows out over the side. There's not room for it anymore. There's not room for sickness. There's not room for depression. Not room for anxiety because the cup is so filled with God's grace and people are like, "Do I am I watching sin flow out of this person's life? And you're like, yes. That's what the Holy Ghost does when you get filled. Can you say amen? amen. Aren't you thankful today? Aren't you thankful today? Aren't you just thankful for his grace in your life? Like, like, like at times you think you could do it, but you couldn't really do it. It's just his grace in your life. It's just like, you're like, I'm never going to make it. And God's like, let me just put a little more grace on the inside of you. And you're like, I didn't know how I was going to make it through this week. Worst week of my life. And then God's like, all you need is a little bit more grace. And you're like, what happened to the worst week? The worst week done just flowed out of me because the grace of God is just beginning to bubble up on the inside of me. Oh my God. Is that a little hope on the inside of me? Is that a little vision? Is that a little faith? Is that a little belief? Am I actually experiencing joy? Come on, just thank him right now. Thank him if you need a little grace. Just come on. Just thank him right now. Just give him glory right now for the grace he's given you. Oh, I'm thankful. I'm a thankful man right now. You got a thankful pastor in front of you. You got a thankful pastor in front of you right now. Come on, somebody. You got a pastor who knows the grace of God has carried him this far and is not about to leave him right now. You didn't make it this far on your own and the journey ain't over. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. 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 We need a fresh resurrection every now and then. We need a fresh resurrection of the living God just every now and then reminded that Jesus Christ is still alive. See, we forget. Isn't it funny? We, 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 we forget what God did for us. We, we, we forget. We forget how he brought us from a mighty long way. We forget. We forget that once we were apart from God, but now we are the children of God. Hallelujah. I'm here for you, baby. My pickup line right there. <laughs> Ain't it funny that you have an encounter with God and like you at the end of a dead end street in life and God does something. You're like, I am never going to forget this. Then a month later, you're like, God has completely abandoned me. Over and over and over again. As if that miracle somehow wore off. You see, that miracle is still has miracle working power in your life. It's still alive on the inside of you. When Jesus does something, it is still alive on the inside of you. What if, what if your encounter is now an invitation to encounter? 
What if your miracle is the invitation to miracles? Wow. <laughs> what if your healing is an invitation to healing? Now something in you you get to revisit. We we, we just don't we don't we just we we gosh we we get so formed by this world that we forget that we're of a different kingdom. Listen, my goal here is to just help you live a better life. And I believe a better life is being connected to the living God. I, I believe that life begins with knowing the Father. I believe that because the Bible says it. But also because I've lived it. And I want you to live not in just some relationship where you learn the rules or you learn the book, but you meet the author of the book. And you read the subject of the book. And you read the one who inspired the book. So the book can be alive on the inside of you. Constantly writing a new chapter in this story of God. That's called faith. And we have been praying and plowing that faith would be alive. On, come on, we're called to be a little something different here in this house. Amen. We're called to be living in faith, and we forget where this faith comes from. And, and, and Jesus, like we get saved, we receive God, and, and, and then we get baptized in the Spirit, and then He starts to spoon-feed us the rest of our lives. Sometimes it's a big spoon. It's kind of like eating ice cream when it's late at night. I can't eat too much because I want to sleep. But sometimes you just sit down with a little pint, and you're just like, it's time, right? Like it's... <laughs> like I won't... Like, like, you know, you sit down... You got that, you got that little, that little, what's it, the Haagen-Dazs that comes like hard as a rock, right? Or the Ben and Jerry's, it's like a rock. And, and, and you put it on the counter, you're like, and you take off the lid and you're like, we won't be needing this anymore, right? And you just throw the lid away. <laughs> and you get the spoon and you're like, this is what we'll be doing for a little while, right? Like this is, right? Other times you just get a little taste of ice cream, right? And so by and large in the Christian life, we just get spoonfuls of ice cream. We get spoonfuls of God to keep us, keep us remembering the taste of God, right? To keep, to keep it going in our lives. And other times God is like, you deserve a little dessert, right? Right? Like Elijah, right? Remember he was at, the, at that low point and the angel showed up and said, you're having a bad day, aren't you? And he's like, yeah, you know, drought, three years without water, everybody wants to murder me, things are bad, I don't Life isn't really good. God sent an angel and said, mm, let me make you a cake, right? And so he baked a cake for Elijah. He's like, just take a nap and I'll bake you a cake. Like, that's what you need sometimes in life, right? Like, like you don't necessarily need another Bible study. You don't necessarily need to rebuke another demon. You just need a nap and to eat a pint of ice cream, right? Like, just, just, just like a, a nice big dose of the Holy Ghost, right? You just need, you need a little worship experience, where you yell at the top of your lungs and the glory of God comes down and you're like, I know, I know housework needs to be done. I know I got some homework that has to be done. I know I got that I should be, I actually do some laundry, but I'm just going to spend the next however long it takes to get the glory of God in my room. I'm going to take the lid off the ice cream and I'm eating the whole thing. I'm not coming up with solutions to my problems. I'm not fixing anything. I'm just spending time in the glory. Amen. Because we forget. We forget, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus talked about this. He's like, when you get God and the Spirit moves in, there's like this seed that's on the inside of you. It wants to grow into like a, a mighty tree, but we don't take care of it. We don't take care of it. And he, and, and he named some things that, that rob it 
from us. Uh, we call it these, worldly, these worldly worries, the deceitfulness of getting rich. There's a spirit on that. I hope you all become millionaires, but I hope none of you get the demon of getting rich. I don't, I don't, I, I'd rather you all just thug it out and then go to glory <laughs> than private jet your way to hell, right? Like, if you give, give, like this is... Now, I'd rather you private jet your way to glory, to be honest with you. Amen. 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 But there is deceitfulness that, that it wants to displace your worldview on that every person you meet is about making money. Everything you make is about making money. You can't be trusted any longer because truth isn't important. Getting rich is important. Getting over. So, so this deceitfulness of riches that it, that it solves problems. And the Bible says, and the desire for other things chokes out that seed. It chokes out the word. It chokes it out. It literally kills it. And, and then so what do we do? Does that mean, you know, we need to live a life of poverty? No, that's not what the Bible says. Do we need to only focus on Jesus? That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that we are to have a heart posture of saying God is number one. Being in his presence is important. I need to be in his presence. You need, you need to work, right? Like, uh, like I've never seen a money tree, right? God does miraculously provide, but most times I have found he does that through your job. Right? This is where, for most people, this is where God provides. Your job. This is where God provides. So pray in the riches while you're at work. Amen. And if you own a business, do a good job. Treat your employees well. I, 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 I had the blessing. I was talking earlier about, like, I'll just do stuff myself. I'll just do stuff myself. And my wife be rebuking me, like, Partially because she's tired of projects getting half done. And, uh, and, 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 and partially because, and so I had this, I had this, I had this vision in my house, in my, eye, in my, in my mind, right? Have you ever painted a room? And you just do this, right? Like it's, that's kind of all there is to it, right? And, and then you look at a room that somebody did this to, and you're like, you did that, huh? That's, <laughs> you're like, you like it? And you're like, it's a color, you know? The wall's that color, the floor is a little bit that color, the ceiling's a little bit that color. <laughs> and so that's how a lot of us are living our lives, just, you know, this ought to be good enough, that ought to be good enough. But I got, I, I, I'm going to upgrade, I got that Insta painting, like, upgrade, right? You know what I'm like, like, I don't just want the walls, <laughs> like, I, I want the Insta painting life where the professionals come out and, and make your house look like you didn't do it. See, a lot, of, a lot of Christians, you got that self-life. You're like, oh, you're pretty excited about what you did, huh? You need that grace life. You need that, you need that Jesus died on the cross for you kind of life. You need, that, you need that something you ain't able to do on your own kind of life. Now, I, I, Valentino didn't pay me to do that or anything. I just... But, but it's funny when you're, when you're a Christian um, and you're in, in the world, your world should, should know that you're a Christian. Now, that don't mean you got to be holding revival meetings in your, in your, in your office, right? And I'm going to say something that's going to offend some of you. And uh, please, um, hear my heart in this. I, I have traveled all over this hemisphere preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. I believe in the gospel. I absolutely believe in the gospel. But there's like videos going around on TikTok of people in restaurants standing up and preaching. And, and that's out of order. Nobody went, to, nobody went to Outback to hear you scream. Like, you want to scream? 
invite people to your house, you'll find out how many people want to hear you scream, right? Like that's not, that is not, that's not evangelism. That's you feeling good about yourself. Evangelism is actually befriending somebody who doesn't know Jesus. Evangelism is wake up at six o'clock on a Saturday, help Mike Rentler make food, spend an entire day in the hot sun and feed some people and preach the gospel to them. That is evangelism. Actually making yourself vulnerable to evangelism, being obnoxious is not evangelism. That makes you feel good about yourself. And, and, and what's funny is when people do this, they always got somebody videoing them. Ain't that funny? You don't look no different than any other influencer. Influencer. I, I, come, on, I, I, come on, I've been that guy. I, I, I have done that and thought I was being bold for Jesus. I want to be nothing but obnoxious. That's all I was. Can, or, can we be okay with this? So what does it mean? Like, how do we be a Christian in the world? You be a Christian in the world. If people know your best football team but don't know your Savior, come on, let's get, some, let, let's get, let's get our priorities. They know your favorite purse, but they don't know your Savior. They know your favorite restaurant, but they don't know where you go to worship. That, that's all I'm talking about. I'm talking about Jesus being a part of your life. I, 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 I'm, 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 I'm talking about being able to say, you know, like, like just, just, okay. All right, I'm, 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 I'm just going to go there for a second. Can we do that? Can we just go? Yep. Let me say this. We need to remember the testimony of God. We need to meditate on the things that we have in God. And we need to recognize how full our cup is of grace, right? We need to be thankful for what we have. But again, pots were made to carry something. And we're all children of God, right? Remember, their design is determined by what they're called to carry. Now, 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 now. The lost in this world were designed. They're filled with hopelessness, but they were called to carry grace. We need to look at people. Quit looking at them like, like they're actively choosing to not follow God. And we need to look at people like they do not know they were called to carry God's grace. And their cup is filled with rebellion. Their cup is filled with hopelessness. Their cup is filled with sin. Their cup is filled with doubt and unbelief because that is what the world has trained them to believe. So what they need in their life is grace. We are all just vessels and we're getting filled with something. And so how do we get people filled with grace? Well, might I suggest this? In Christianity in America today, there's a whole lot of, I'm a Christian, so you gotta. I'm a Christian, so you need to. There's not enough of, I'm a Christian, so I gotta. I'm a Christian, so I need to. And so here's the difference. You walk into your business and they say, well, you know, we're, we got this account. We just need to, to fudge these numbers a little bit. And you say, ooh, I'm a Christian. I got to tell the truth. I'm a Christian, so I got to say no to go into that place. Ah, <laughs> that, that conversation sounds inviting, but I'm a Christian, so I really can't gossip about that. Yep, 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 I know. I know that I'm in sin, and, uh, you know, I, I, I made a mistake and uh, I, these consequences for this mistake, and the world has answers for how to take care of these consequences, but I'm a Christian, and so I have to own up to what I did. Yeah. 
You live your life like that, and that puts grace in other people's cups. Amen. Instead of saying, I'm a Christian, so I need a law to make you do this. I'm a Christian, so you guys got to do what I think is the right thing to do. No, 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 no. You live your Christian walk in front of other people. And there's something in them that says, man, that's weird. I, I, I'm filled with something, but it's not that. I, I need to get filled with that. And every now and then you're going to have a conversation about that. And you're going to say, what you really need is the Holy Ghost of God in your life. What you really need is the living God to fill your cup with the same grace he's filled my cup with. As a matter of fact, I've been at the fridge and I was going to eat this full pint of ice cream. But I got a half a pint flowing over me right now. And I could just go ahead and pour a little bit of my grace by the gospel of Jesus Christ into your cup. I can tell you my testimony, which is the grace of God that fills my cup. And I can get it into your cup. And so some of that grace can get into you. Some of that sin and nonsense and hopelessness can overflow onto the side. Just a, a little bit of grace in your cup is going to change your life a lot. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? This is, this, this is what it is. We got to be filling other people's cups with grace. And this is the promise of Jesus. Jesus said in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be my witness both in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria even to the uttermost parts of the world. You shall receive power and you will be my witness. You know what a witness does? They talk about what they have seen and experienced. For those of you in the law practice, you understand there is a difference between an for expert witness and expert, excuse me, between a witness and expert testimony. Witness, expert testimony. You get in a car crash and you, you, you go to court and you're like, I was driving like this and then a car hit me in the side. That's my testimony. That's what happened. This is what I watched and this is what I saw. And then the expert witness, the expert testimony comes in and says, I examined the cars. I saw, what, I see how they look at. And best I can tell, you should judge that this car hit this car. Best I could tell, the judgment on this is, this is what you should think about these two things. This is what I believe you should think about these two things. This is the conclusion you should come to based on what I have examined. Based on my expertise, based on my training, based on my education, this is what I think you should think. So that's what a lot of Christians are. They're not actually witnesses. They think they're experts on what other people should think and do. And so they walk around like they're experts on what everybody else should think and do when they're not actually trained in any of it. And instead, God has called them to be witnesses. And so instead of trying to tell everybody else what to do, you go and be a witness. You say, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what happened. All I know is there was a time in my life when I could not walk this way. And then someone prayed for me in the name of Jesus and laid 
hands upon me and all of a sudden I could walk properly. Or I used to be depressed and I could not control my sexual life. And then all of a sudden the Holy Ghost of God came upon me and I have not dealt with that anymore. I'm just here to give you my testimony of what God did for me. There used to be a time I would read the Bible and I didn't understand anything in it. And then one day a man, he called me forth and he laid hands on me and something happened supernatural. And then I opened the Bible and all of a sudden it became alive. You would say, I I, I was just here on this planet alone and I didn't know God at all. But then a man named Jesus showed up in my life and he touched me and he filled me with his Holy Ghost and he showed me that the Father loves me. And ever since that day, my life is different. And they're like, what? How does that happen? They say, man, I thought you'd never ask. Come on right now. Here's what I want you to do. I'm going to tell you about the man Jesus. I'm going to invite you to a place that you can encounter his spirit. I'm going to get you in front of the the, the worship and the anointed preaching of God. And this grace is going to fill your cup and it's going to displace all the other nonsense in your life. Come on, somebody. Who knows what I'm talking about right now? We're called to be witnesses, not experts. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This goes back to Isaiah again. Isaiah encountered God. And he's like, man, people need to know, God, who you really are. And Isaiah asks him, and God, God, God talks to Isaiah. Isaiah 6, 8. He said, I heard a voice say to Isaiah, whom shall I send and whom will go for us? Whom shall I send and who shall go for us? Let me tell you, there's a lot of, there's a lot of um, spiritual temperature taking ways in the world. You know, do you read your Bible so much? Do you do so many devotions? Are you, are you tithing? Are you... Yes, all that, amen. But here's the real question. When you look at a world that is not filled with grace, does the question pop in your head, who shall God send? Who will go for us? Does your answer come, then I said, here I am, Lord, send me. I am the answer to these problems. I carry more grace than I ever needed. I have more of the presence of God in my life than I ever could use. Does the answer come to your mind? These people's lack of grace is my problem. And I can fix the calamities of their lives. Here's the deception. The deception is that you just need a little bit more. A little more answers. A little more walk. Walk a little more righteously. No. What you need is just a little more willingness to give glory to God. A little more trust that God is going to speak through you. A little more faith that God is going to do what you cannot do. You have to say it. Here I am, God. Send me. And you have to mean it. I will go where you tell me to go. I will talk to whom you tell me to talk to. I will lay hands on the sick if that's what you're telling me to do. I will speak the word of truth to those who do not know you. Here I am, Lord, send me. Let me tell you what, a transformed life is the most powerful evangelism tool in the world. Enough of being a little more holy, a little more righteous, a little more studied. You just be a Christian in front of the world. Let me get the worship team to come up if I could.
<clears throat> oh, I went long. Forgive me. Amen. Thank you. Comes a point in your walk where you decide you're going to trust God. If you're not there yet, you're, going, you're about to get there. You got to get to a point where you're like, this will make no sense, but I'm going to trust the word of God in my life. I'm going to lay hands on the sick and I'm going to pray and I'm going to see them recover. And if I don't see them recover, I'm going to try it again. And I'm going to try it again. And I'm going to try it again. I just feel this is for somebody. Somebody, somebody's been asking God to fill them with the Holy Ghost. And at some point, you're just going to have to pray in tongues. You're like, I don't know how. Bible don't say nothing about knowing nothing. <laughs> By faith, you open your mouth and you start to speak when the Spirit gives you utterance. You just stand up and you start speaking. I mean, God said this. Mark chapter 16. These signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will pick up serpents, and if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. And they will lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Shabbat. I'm asking the Father, as I have been praying this week, that He would send an anointing for evangelism into this room. He's going to give you divine appointment with some people who need their cup to be filled with grace. You're like, Pastor, I don't, I, 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 I'm scared. I don't know how to do that. Let me give you a start. Are you ready? Hey, man, you ought to come to my church sometime. Here's a card. Crazy, crazy, right? It's amazing how many, how many lives God has touched with these, these kind of little cards. Get them to where the grace is. They come to the house of God, they find grace, they find friendship, they find discipleship. You know, I saw a Harvard study. It was released recently. It said, women, I didn't read the part about men, but it says women who attend church weekly are 68% less likely to have depression and anxiety. 68%. Is it possible because they found out what their vessels were? They carry the grace of God? Is it possible? Some of y'all are like, I'm, 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 I'm depressed and anxious, though. You're like, but maybe 68% less than you would have been. Maybe you forget what it was like before Jesus. <laughs> you got to keep that in your mind. When I'm broke, I'm like, well, I used to be homeless. This is better. <laughs> this is better. I was, I was broke for one season so long. I've talked about this before, but I was so broke. I had a, had a, had a, we were renting a house, a bunch of us, and we just unplugged the fridge. We're like, this is just wasted electricity. <laughs> we just keep that unplugged. We're saving money. There ain't nothing in it. <laughs> ain't nothing in the fridge. Just why, why plug it in just to say you got a fridge, right? I remember sitting down at a meal, 
and deciding who was going to eat the hot cocoa packet and who was going to get the croutons. Like, that's like we was broke, 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 right? Like that, y'all, don't, don't stare at me. Y'all been there. Come on. I got some broke folk up in here. Come on. And so now I'm complaining, you know. You could be sitting around talking about, I don't got a new car. And then you think, but I ain't walking. <laughs> I ain't walking, though. Bless the lamb. I'm not, looking at, I'm not looking at bus schedules. Praise God. I don't like my job. Better than unemployment. Hallelujah. We got to keep it. We, I mean, and so we say, man. Like, man, oh, your, li- your life is just blessed. I, it kind of is, but it ain't me. Y'all just come to church. Just check it out. Maybe God's got some blessed for you too. Maybe God's got a blessing for you. Why don't you just... I remember one time, this kid came to, uh, came to church. It was so funny. He was about to move out of state. And, uh, and he had an altar call for salvation. He came forward, got rocked, just got completely destroyed. I mean, just... If you're not a Christian, it's a good thing, right? And so, like, like he got the whole cup filled and all the stuff washed out, right, at one time. Just kind of undone. And so when he finally got up off the ground and he was crying and whatnot, I was like, man, how'd you find out about us? He's like, I had this friend, and every day he would give me one of these invitation cards. And he said, uh, yesterday I was looking in my backpack, and the entire bottom of my backpack was filled with these cards. And I said, I might as well go. Just, that's the only way I'm going to make this guy stop giving me these cards. And one day we're going to get to heaven and we're going to see him there. Because someone just decided to just give him a card every day. Come on, somebody. You could make your own, but we got some in the lobby, right? Just take the free ones. I, I would recommend. Stand with me if you want. Jesus said that you will receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you will be my witness. You will receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you will be my witness. Now, God has called us to be vessels of honor, but the enemy has tricked the world into choosing dishonor. But God, because of his great mercy, has waited for us so he can fill our cup with grace. And now he's waiting for us to fill other cups. And we need to live a life filling other people's cups. That is the commissioning of the Holy Ghost. That is God telling you, this is what you are created for. This is why you have been saved. This is why you have been cleaned up. This is why you have been filled because there is a purpose to carry this anointing in your cup and to let it overflow into other people's lives. And God right now is asking, as clearly as I am talking right now, who will I send? And your answer must be, here I am, Lord. Send me. And I want to give a moment right now for people to respond to the send me. Right, be, right between you and God at this moment. I don't want to have an altar call yet. I want this to be something secret. Because I believe the Lord is going to show you someone that you need to be bringing to church. There's that musician in your life who's looking for a purpose to his music. There's a, someone in your life who loves to sing and they're looking for a purpose in their life. 
There's someone in your life who loves to serve people. They love to do nice things. And there's a hospitality team that's waiting for them. There's people who love to bring order. And there's an usher team waiting for them. There's someone who loves kids but doesn't know what to do with that. And there's a revival kids waiting for them. There's someone who is called to set other people free. But they need the Holy Ghost of God to set them free indeed. And they're waiting for someone to say, Who will I send? Lord, send me. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Come on, pray in the Spirit right now. Come on, pray in the Spirit right now. Make a decision in your life. Come on. Come on, make a decision right now. Make a decision right now. Stanley's going to lead us in a song real quick. He's going to lead us in a little singing. And we're going to build our life upon this gospel. We are going to be the ones that God sends. Come on. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. I will build holy there is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes and wonder. And show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those who sing it out, say it. No one like you, there is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder. Show me who you are in That's me. That's the Holy Ghost right there. There he is. There he is. There he is. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Step into that. Your love Step into that. Step into that. Holy and holy. Beside you, open up my eyes in wonder. Show me who you are and feel me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me. Build your life upon this love. Around me. This is a firm foundation. That's it. Pray in the Spirit. The Holy Ghost moves right now. The Holy Ghost is coming upon people right now. It's coming upon you right now. Come on. Holy Ghost coming upon you right now. Let Him touch you. Let Him touch you. Some of you are finding purpose in life right now to help other people. Come on. Some of you are finding purpose right now. Come on. Pray in the Spirit. Bring it up again. Come on. Right now, open your mouth and pray the Holy Ghost. Come on, right now, open your mouth and pray the Holy Ghost. Your heart and open your mouth. Pray in tongues right now. Your love to those. Lift your hand. Sing it out, say. Pray in tongues. In holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder. If you feel like this is your call, like God is talking right now, I just want you to come and just line up. We're going to sing this together. Someone's going to lay hands on you. And God is going to activate evangelism in your life right now. Don't wait. This is me. This is me. I know God is just taking a step forward. Come on. Don't wait. Come on forward. Come on. Come on to line up. Come forward, please. One more. One more. One more. More, Diane. Forward. Come on. Come on. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Line up. A little more forward. Both. All of you. A little more forward. Come forward. Take a step forward. 
Step forward. Step forward, Diane. Step forward, Chelsea. Anybody else? Come on. Step forward. Come on, line up. Just line up right now. This is you. This is you. You're supposed to be telling people. Come on. Have you Who else is it? I'm supposed to tell people. I'm supposed to tell people. It's on your heart. Come on. I will build. You can sing that part. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Pray for these people. And I will build my upon your love. It is a firm foundation. I will put my trust in you alone. And I will not declare that over your life. I will. I will build my life upon your Somebody. It is a prophetic a word in your spirit that needs to be released. I will put my trust in you. stomach everybody and just say Lord use me fill my cup and I'll overflow into the people around me come on come on come on come on let it let it let it flow fill me Lord fill me Lord fill me Lord fill me Lord let me bless you before you go let me bless you before you go Come on, the Holy Ghost is moving. Here I am to bow. Here I am. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift His countenance on you and give you peace. Wow. See you in Life Group this week. See you next Wednesday night or whenever Life Group starts. See you there. I'll be here Sunday. The Holy Ghost, just if you're at here and God's touching you, let him keep touching you. If he's not touching you, you may want to come forward. In the name of Jesus. Redeemed. All together All together wonderful to me. Oh, here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Here I am 
Lord has given you the message of redemption. And all together, love study redemption. All together, study it, get it deep in you. All together, carry the message of redemption. I give myself away. Yeah, that's it right there. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on, sing that. Yeah, 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 yeah. There it is. Give myself away so you can use me. Give myself away, hallelujah, oh, I give myself away so you can use me. My life, my life is not my own, to you I belong, yeah, I give myself, I give myself to you. I give my, my life, my life is not my own, yeah, to you I belong, oh, I give myself, I give myself to you, my life, my life is not my own, yeah, to you I belong, I give myself, I give myself to you. Give myself away. I give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away. Yeah, yeah. I give myself away so you can use me. Yeah. Oh. Give a clap to God. Fresh grace. We love you. Thank you for joining us. I'm just going to sit here for a minute. You can go. We love you. If you're a visitor, please fill out a connection card. we got stuff for you. Oh, God.